Happy Masters Week, everyone, and thank you for joining me tonight here on Next on the T. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and, and this is absolutely my favorite week of the year. Yesterday, my son and I, we made our annual trek over to the Monday Mac, uh, Masters practice round, and, and as you all know, Augusta National is my favorite place on the planet, and you know, getting to play over there, right? And what, what a dream and a bucket list item that is for all of us, and I pray one day that that day will come but uh in between now and then at least i get to take in the beauty of the course and how special it is to walk those grounds and and just feel the the history that surrounds you when you're at augusta national right it's a it's a just a wonderful place the weather was perfect sunny high in the low 80s yesterday the azaleas and the dogwoods were all in bloom and, and we had such a great time we got to see a lot of our favorite players including jordan spieth and justin thomas plus we saw tiger woods and ricky fowler zach johnson jimmy walker louis tazen who's a big favorite of mine adam scott was there as well hoping to see phil and uh and uh you know we've enjoyed walking with him before both at augusta national and in here at east lake at the tour championship but he wasn't on the course yesterday saw his brother and his caddy tim mickelson but unfortunately no phil Anyway, very excited that it's Masters Week, and I'm looking forward to the tournament getting started on Sunday, getting to watch the highlights from the Par 3 tomorrow. So all of that great time of year. Again, my favorite week. I'm also excited tonight because I get to share three more of my favorite guests with you. And, and the first is going to be Ben Wright, and then we'll we'll get the uh, the privilege of having both Mitchell and Matthew Lawrence on the show as well. So uh, excited to have Mr. Wright back on the show. You know, you all know him. What a legend he is in the broadcasting world. And during Masters Week in particular, we all hearken back to his time with CBS Sports when he was a part of their Masters broadcasting team. He he produced some quotes that are going to live forever in Masters lore, which include his line following Tom Weiskopf's birdie putt on 15 in the final round of the 1975 Masters when he said, that'll be evil music ringing, ringing in Nicholas's ears. Or the famous phrase from the 86 Masters, yes sir, right, which which came in reaction to Nicholas's eagle on 15, which, by the way, and I remind you guys about this all the time, two holes, 20 minutes before Vern Lundquist used that same phrase following Nicholas's birdie putt on number 17. So we'll hear some more you know, stories from his time at the Masters and who he thinks will be atop of the leaderboard come Sunday night. Plus, we'll talk about you know, history of the Masters and just history in general because uh, far too often – you know, when we think about greatest players of all time, of course, you know, we go to Jack and we and we talk about Tigers and we'll debate between those two. But uh, it's unfortunate that we don't we don't have an eye to history for how great Bobby Jones was, how great Ben Hogan was and Byron Nelson, Sam Snead, Walter Hagen, and of course, Arnold Palmer and Gary Player. So we'll talk a bit about that as well when uh, Mr. Wright joins me here in just a few minutes. And like I say, following him, I'm going to be joined by two guys who become very special to me over the last couple of years, and that's Matthew and Mitchell Lawrence. Be sure to check out Matthew's show, Backspin Golf, which airs Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's my regular Sunday, 8.03 a.m. tea time. It's broadcast on ESPN Radio AM 1300 WLXG up in Lexington, Kentucky. You can stream it live by going online to WLXG.com or by downloading the WLXG app. His four-minute older brother, Mitchell, also has a great golf show that marries golf and travel, and it's called Talking Golf Getaways, which you can find on golfnewsnet.com or over on Audio Boom. He and his co-host, Darren Bunch, travel all over the world, and they let you know great places to, to play, stay, and even eat while you're there. 
Again, it's called Talking Golf Getaways, available on golfnewsnet.com and Audioboom as well. They're going to be joining me from over near Augusta, Georgia. Tomorrow is going to be Matthew's first trip to the Matthew, uh, to the Masters, uh, courtesy of uh, Mitchell and a couple of friends of theirs. So we'll talk about what Matthew is looking forward to seeing while he's there. And we'll talk about the par three contest that they're going to be able to check out, plus who they think is going to be on top of the leaderboard on Sunday night as well. And they're going to join me a little bit later on in this half hour. So folks, a lot more great stories coming your way tonight on this edition of Next on the Tee. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking the journey with me over the next hour. And as you know, we are sponsored by the French Lick Resort. Let's hear a word from our friend Steve Rondonero about what they have going on up there. Play legendary golf at French Lick Resort, the only place in the country where you can play courses by two Hall of Fame designers on the same property. Our Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses offer two very different challenges. Experience them both and save with our Hall of Fame package. Our two historic hotels are unique as well. Cap it off with a fun visit to the French Lick Casino. Check us out online at FrenchLick.com. Bring a group and save even more. Play legendary golf this season at French Lick Resort. Yeah, be sure to go online to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay as well. And folks, you've heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last few months. It's the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there. Other shot track t- trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Club Hub sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, since I put the Club Hub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all of the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and the green, but after your round, you can look back at the images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Club Hub app does. It's available for Androids or iPhones, and the app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your swing as well. And again, no other rangefinder can do all that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com and order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off on all products and at, when you go to checkout. And again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. We're also excited to be partnering with the Ben Hogan Golf Equipment Company. They are back with the same great equipment that you know and love without the retail markup that you hate. Now you can buy premium Ben Hogan irons, wedges, utility irons, hybrids, and bags directly from the factory at prices your wallet's going to appreciate. Visit them online at BenHoganGolf.com or give them a call at 844-53-HOGAN. That's 844-534-6426 to learn more and order your set today. Please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Apparel Company by going to bobbyjones.com online. Their spring collection has arrived, and the shift in seasons is an opportunity to change things up layer upon layer. They've added some great details, fresh new colors, and new additions with genuine enduring character. They make style easy because they, you can find coordinated outfits right there in a variety of colors and options online, again, at bobbyjones.com. And folks, as you know, we have been partnering with Russ Holden and the great folks over at Caddy for a Cure. And one of the most unique opportunities in the world of professional golf is available to you through Caddy for a Cure. Spend a day inside the ropes with one of the world's best players as their caddy. 
It's a fantastic way to have the time of your life while supporting our wounded service members and Fanconi Anemia. You're going to get to walk side-by-side side with your tour player experiencing professional golf as an insider. In addition to the amazing experience you're going to have, you're going to get a fantastic gift package from Caddy for a Cure, which includes Under Armour logoed apparel and an eyewear package, a tour-grade Caddy bib, which is suitable for autographs and framing, a tin cup ball marking gift, chef's cut real jerky, and professional photographs of your day. They have a spot open right now for Bryson DeChambeau at the RBC Heritage Classic, which is coming up right after the Masters. So go online to Caddy for a Cure, C-A-D-D-Y-F-O-R-A-C-U-R-E.com, caddyforacure.com to learn more. All right, now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Mr. Ben Wright. It is always an honor for me to say that because Mr. Wright, in my mind, is the best broadcaster in golf history you know, for the wonderful way that he framed up golf for all of us on television, making the events he was a part of you know, infinitely more enjoyable for all of us to watch. Mr. Wright is also one of the great storytellers of all time, and you'll understand why I say that if you go pick up his book, Good Bounces and Bad Lies, which you can find on Amazon.com. And I remind everybody of this, particularly this time of year, because I don't want anyone to forget it. It was Mr. Wright who used the phrase, yes, sir, to put an exclamation point on Jack Nicklaus's eagle putt on the 15th hole during the final round of the 86 Masters. That came two holes in 20 minutes before Vern Lundquist used that same phrase in conjunction with Mr. Nicholas's birdie putt on 17. And I'm honored to have Mr. Wright back with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Good evening, Mr. Wright. Thanks for coming back on the show. It's wonderful to be back with you, Chris. Uh, I can't tell you how much I, I love being on your show. Well, Mr. Wright, I, I want to start our time tonight talking a little bit about history, the history of golf, because with Tiger coming back to competition and, you know, he's had a chance to win at the Valspar. He had another chance to win at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Sort of the debate is back on, right, who the greatest player of all time is. And, and you know, most of the time that debate is between Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods. But, you know, mm-hmm. they completely people leave out people like Bobby Jones. You know, or how great Ben Hogan or Byron Nelson or Sam Snead or Walter Hagen were in today's society. It's almost like if I didn't see it happen, it didn't really happen. In your mind, who who are the greatest players of all time? Well, I think Jack Nicklaus was the greatest player of all time until Tiger, <laughs> if he if he can do it, overtakes him, and God bless him, you know, for coming back like he has done, I, I, I can't give him too much credit, but I think that to make the 104th player in the order of merit uh, a favorite for the Masters is very unkind to Tiger Woods. And I, as a betting man all my life, until I moved to North Carolina, by the way, where it is frowned upon horribly. Um, I think somehow the bookies are trying to buy money by getting people to back Tiger at a ridiculously short price I saw today of 10 to 1. Going back to your question, um, it worries me that all those great players of yesteryear 
from Bobby Jones, Gene Sarazen, onwards, Ben Hogan, as you said, all those players, are, they, they tend to get forgotten uh, because the world has become now. It's what's going on now. And I think, you know, the lack of respect for uh, history and tradition is uh, something that we really should strive to put right because, you know, Bobby Jones in his day was absolutely incredible to win the amateur championship of both uh, Great Britain and the United States and the Opens, the Open Championships of both countries in one year. I mean, you know, not even Jack Nicholas got close to that, nor Tiger Woods, nor will they ever. And no one ever will, probably. But, you know, we should respect Bobby Jones. Uh, for a start, he started the Masters. Goodness knows, isn't that good enough in itself? But, uh, you know, old people like me, and I am 85, tend to uh, dwell on things that happened long before the young generation. And I've got to give credit, my goodness me, Chris, there are so many great young players out there today and great old players like Phil Mickelson, Ian Poulter, both in their 40s. I mean, you know, they have realistic chances, you you would say. Ian, because he's won so famously on Sunday, and Phil Mickelson, because he keeps on doing it. And what he's 46 or 47, I, I, I don't go into age as much. At my age, you don't want to talk about age. But yeah, this, to me, this is the greatest masters in prospect that I have known for, oh, till the, since the seventies, I would say. Uh, and I, I love it. And I, I'm, I'm I can't wait for it to start. And, and as you mentioned, the Masters from the 70s. And Mr. Wright, I love Augusta National. It's my favorite place on the planet. I'm a big Jack Nicklaus fan. The Masters in 1975 and 86 are two of my favorite Masters memories. What sticks out in your mind? What, what are some of the Masters that really stick out to you? Well, you know, uh, they, they, I was very pleased last year, that Sergio Garcia, who was a very decent guy, but he was a crybaby for too long, and he got that monkey off his back. Justin Rose was, in, in effect, a, an unlucky loser. Um, but, you know, my problem with Justin Rose and Rory McIlroy, they talk too much. I like they talk about their chances to win and that kind of thing. I like the strong, silent times. And I love Justin Thomas because he just goes about it. I think he is the best 
all-round player on the planet right now. I think Dustin Johnson is obviously an overpowering factor, but he doesn't have the ability to put it together like Justin Thomas does week after week after week. I'm a an enormous admirer of Justin Thomas. And by the way, if you want a pick from me, it is Justin Thomas to win this year's Masters. So let's take that just a step further. If Justin wins it, who else do you think is contention? When you look at like the final two pairings on Sunday, who do you expect to be those four golfers? Well, I mean, I expect Rory to be there. I, I live in hope because I love the kid um, with a passion. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know who's going to be there. And I think that is so wonderful. In my day, when I used to broadcast, even going into the 90s, you could probably pick the winner from about 10 or 12, maybe even 15. Nowadays, Chris, you've got 50 people who can win that event. And that's what makes it so perfect, in my opinion. You know, it's a small field. I think it's 82, uh, which is one of the smaller fields of recent years. Uh, and really, to, to say that 50 out of 82 could win, it may be a bit of an exaggeration on my part. Maybe I should cool off to 40. But uh, <laughs> I don't really believe that. Uh, you know, I, there are so many darn good players out there. So, Mr. Wright, as you talk about, you know, your time there, do you miss it? Do you miss being up there on the on the TV perch between the 15th and 16th holes? Yes, I do. I'll be honest with you, I do. I don't miss the travel, Chris, because I'm too old for that. You know, uh, travel has become an arduous thing for me uh, on airlines these days. I've recently been to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, where I go every year for a checkup. And it, it's a whole day to get there, and it's a whole day coming back. And going up there, I was uh, we couldn't land in Chicago, and we eventually landed in a blizzard. And... Um, uh, you know, three or four hours delayed. And the travel w would kill me, but I would give my eye teeth to sit on the 15th tower once more. But it'll never happen, so it's a pipe dream. Well, Mr. Wright, at the 86 Masters, after Nicholas made his eagle putt on, on the 15th and then birdie on the 16th, Seve Ballesteros was in the fairway on 15 and hit perhaps one of the worst shots of his career, pull hooking a four iron into the water. And in your book, Good Bounces and Bad Lies, you talk about how Seve didn't appreciate your call of that shot and it affected your relationship for a while. Do you mind sharing that story? Oh, absolutely. Um, we met in the 
professional shop the next day, and both of us were bargain hunters. He, because he was always a bargain hunter, me, because I didn't have that much money to spare with a family and everything. And we were looking for bargains because on Monday, traditionally, the prices were lowered to 50% off. So if you could get anything with 1986 on it, it would be phenomenal. You know, and uh, I was in there, and Sevi came in, and he got he uh, he got a hold of me actually, and he said, "I thought you were my friend, but you were extremely cruel to me yesterday on the air about my shot into the pond at fifteen, and I said, "Well, Sevi." You hit the shot. I didn't. Um, it had no chance of staying short. It had no chance of going long. It went into the middle of the pond. And I know why you hit that shot. And I said, and I'm going to tell you, you were scared to death because of all the noise, the crowd noise that Jack Nicholas was, um, accorded by uh, as he made his phenomenal uh, inward half of 30. And Sevi said, nevertheless, you were very unkind to me then. And he didn't literally talk to me until February the following year. And we're um, Frank Shakir, my late Beloved boss and best friend uh, was entertaining us in Club 19, the old Club 19 at Pebble Beach. And a guy taps on my shoulder, and it was rather more than a tap. So I spun round, and there's Sevi with that seraphic smile. That was one of the, the greatest things. I ever saw in golf, and he said, Ben, it was a quite dreadful shot, which was <laughs> exactly as I described it. And he offered me his hand, and we shook hands, and we were best friends again till his unfortunate and untimely death. Uh, and uh, I was very pleased to be back <laughs> in Sevi's good books. And Mr. Wright, going back to the 1975 Masters, speaking of guys that things got in their head when uh, when Nicholas was rolling, you know, that came down between Nicholas Weiskopf and Miller. And um, you're there on 15. The duel uh, between the three of them was sort of at its peak by the time they reached you. Weiskopf takes the lead with a birdie putt on 15. Nicholas hits a poor shot on 16, about 40 feet away for birdie. When, when he drained that tremendous putt, it was only to tie Tom Weiskopf at the time. But Weiskopf, he comes up, he hits a, a terrible shot on 16, ends up bogeying that hole, and then goes on to lose the tournament by one. But what was it about 
that putt, uh, Weisskopf watching Nicholas make that putt that seemed to so deflate him, not only just for that tournament, but really almost for the rest of his career. Well, you know, um, Weisskopf had stood, uh, no, I beg your pardon, Nicholas had stood back to allow Weisskopf to make his birdie before he attempted that long putt. And so he knew the pressure was on. And th- that's what makes Nicholas's putt so incredible in my mind. But, you know, my good friend Tom Weisskopf, and I adored him, he had his demons, and God bless him, he has overcome them, and he's become one of the great golf course designers in the world. Um, but, you know, he was his own worst enemy. He was four times second at the Masters, as you well know. And fortunately, Tom Weisskopf never got rid of those demons while he was still playing. And it, it, it's one of the great tragedies in my lifetime that Tom Weisskopf only won one major because I think he was probably the best player ever, or he could have been had he not had such mental frailty. I want to also get your thoughts on another one of the great players of all time, and that's Lee Trevino, who I think almost convinced himself that he couldn't have success at Augusta National because I've heard so many people talk about him being such a great ball striker, and that, uh, but it seemed like he let the course get in his head thinking it wasn't suited to his style of play. Did you ever talk to him about that? Yes, I did many times, and I told him, how stupid it was. But, of course, there was a slight problem there of him being maybe from the wrong side of the tracks uh, at at an essentially upmarket, very uh, capitalist place. And I think he couldn't stand that. Um, And I think that was the reason why he tried to tell himself he couldn't play the golf course. Of course he could have played the golf course. He could play any golf course in the history of the world. And I remember actually very well, and I don't suppose you would remember because it was so inconsequential, but he made an 11 at 15 one year, and he palpably didn't really care. And it was, I think, a great tragedy that such an incredible golfer never won the Masters or never even featured. I mean, when I think back to 1971, Chris, he won the United States Open at Marion in the playoff against Jack Nicklaus. He won the Canadian Open uh, two weeks later, and he went to England and won the British Open, the Open, Royal Birkdale, three majors, if you call a Canadian, which used to be known 
as the fifth major. You three majors in the space of a month. No one, in my to my knowledge, has ever accomplished that. Mr. Wright, just a couple more before we let you go. And uh, you can't talk about the Masters without talking about Clifford Roberts and, and his vision and his persistence to build Augusta National and get the Masters going, of course, along with Mr. Jones as well. But um, Mr. Roberts, and you talk about it with, I mentioned it a little bit there with, with Mr. Trevino, Mr. Roberts had a, had a reputation for not always being the easiest person to be around and to work with. And I know you had to, you had to have had a lot of dealings with him back in the seventies when you were there. What was, what was Mr. Roberts like? He was a very hard man, but I'll tell you what, he was fair to me. Um, but I was scared to death of him, Chris. And I have to, I have to admit that, but he was, he was very instrumental in improving my lot at Augusta because he insisted that I was moved after my first year at the 14th hole, where most, if not all, rookies start, to the 15th. And, of course, I also got 16 at one stage after the sad death of my uh, guide and mentor, Henry Longhurst. Um, and Mr. Roberts wrote to Bill McPhail, who was then head of CBS TV Sports, and said, that English boy should be moved to a more prominent position. And I, that's how I got 15, you know, for the rest of my life uh, at Augusta National. And I'm eternally grateful to Mr. Roberts for that. But he could be, he could be mean tough. He could be very mean tough. No doubt about it. Mr. Wright, one more before we let you go. And just, if you could go back in time and do something, not, not do something over again, but to experience an event that you called or witnessed, where would you go? Say again, Chris, I missed that. I'm sorry. If you could just Suppose. go, if you could go back in time and and relive something, not not to do it over again, but to you know to go and and have an experience, something that you called or something that you witnessed that you could go back and and rewatch or relive. What would you go back and relive? Oh, I I'd, I'd go back and watch Nicholas win 1986. I mean that was absolutely the high spot of a golf watcher's life. Well, Mr. Wright, it is always such a privilege for me to get to spend some time with you and have you as a part of the show. I can't thank you enough for your time tonight and coming back, and, and I hope we get the privilege of having you back again real soon. It's uh, it's always such a thrill for me to uh, get to listen to you share your stories. Well, it's it's a thrill for me to be able to tell them, and it's also a joy to be on your program, Chris. Thank you very much. Well, I thank you, Mr. Wright. All the best to you and your family. Like I say, I look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thank you. That is the uh, the great Mr. Ben Wright, and uh, like I say, no one tells better stories than Ben Wright does. He's got he's got millions of them. And again, 
um, you need to go check out his book and I've got a copy here and uh, I've read it two or three different times because it's just it's so much fun to listen to you can hear his voice as he's sharing the stories and again it's called Good Bounces and Bad Lies and you can pick it up over on Amazon.com before I get to my next guest Mitchell and Matthew Lawrence I want to give a shout out to a few of our sponsors First, folks, you've heard me talking about Clubhub sensors over the last few months. It's the best portable shot tracking and swing analysis golf device out there. Other shot trackers tell you what happened. Clubhub tells you what happened and why. Take the progress that you make on the practice tee directly to your rounds with you with the only device of its kind that can go on the course with you. I have Clubhub sensors on all of my clubs. They screw right into the tops of your grips. And I can tell you, since I put the Clubhub sensors on my clubs, I've learned more about my swing and all the data surrounding it than I've learned over the 40 years I've been playing the game. Because not only do you get GPS distances to the hazards and the green, but after your round, you can look back at the images and the layout of every hole in the course that you just played and see exactly where and how far you hit every shot. No other GPS tool on the market captures that and lets you go back and review your round the way the Clubhub app does. It's available for Androids or iPhones, and the app keeps track of your swing speed of every club in your bag, your tempo, your angle of attack, plus you get a 3D view of your swing as well. And no other rangefinder can do all of that for you. Go over to clubhubgolf.com and order your set of Clubhub sensors today and enter the coupon code NEXT to get 10% off on all products at checkout. Again, clubhubgolf.com, enter the coupon code NEXT, and you're going to get the best GPS and swing analysis tool on the market for a great low price, and you're going to see your game in a whole new way. I also want to remind you about our friends over at Par Bar. Energy and focus on the course are essential, whether you're playing in, on tour in your club championship or just your weekend four ball with your buddies. Par Bar, the golfer's nutritional bar, can help you with both. Eat some before you get to the first tee and the rest every three holes until it's finished, and you're going to play with more energy and focus to win. Parbar was developed by a lifelong golfer and a food scientist to help all golfers play their best. Go online to parbargolf.com and order yours today. And folks, as you know, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at pgasuperstore.com. Now, back to you, Chris. And now back with me on the French Resort guest line are two of my favorite people on the planet, Mitchell and Matthew Lawrence. It's been such a blast over the last couple of years getting to know both of them. As you hear me talking, you know, every week now at the top of the show, they both host two fantastic golf shows. Mitchell, along with his co-host Darren Bunch, have a podcast called Talking Golf Getaways, where they travel around the world to the best golf courses and they let you know where to play and stay. You can find their show over on GolfNewsNet.com or on Audio Boom. And again, it's fantastic. Matthew hosts Backspin Golf, which is my regular Sunday morning, 8.03 a.m. Eastern Tea Time. Matthew's show can be heard on ESPN Radio AM 1300 in Lexington, Kentucky, or you can stream it online at WLXG.com or by downloading the WLXG app. You won't find two finer individuals anywhere on the planet, and every time they've joined me, it's been so much fun, and I'm glad that both of them are with me tonight here on Next on the Tea. Good evening, Mitchell. Good evening, Matthew. How are you, my friends? What's happening, Chris? Yeah, well, go ahead, Mitch. You just jumped in first. Go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. You're the older brother. Go ahead. Go on. And so it begins. (laughs) So, Matt, this is a happy Master's Eve for you, my friend. What are you looking forward to tomorrow? 
uh, egg salad sandwich. I don't really care about the golf. Uh, all I keep hearing about is the food. It's cheap. I'm just ready ready for that egg salad sandwich and, you know, a dollar fifty. You can't go wrong. And maybe I'll see some golf and maybe some azaleas and magnolias. Or something. <laughs> Par three contest? <laughs> that's not that's not registering. Yeah, uh, actually, all kidding aside, I I'm really it's my first time. I've had opportunities before. I've never been able to make it, and not only for me to be here uh, ready to go early in the morning, but that okay, I'll get choked up, but that I get to do it with my brother Mitchie, who. You know, he's the older twin, so he's done this a million times already. It's no big deal. But for me, to be able to do it with him uh, is a bucket list thing, and uh, I couldn't be more excited. So, Mitch, this isn't your first go-round at Augusta National. What are, what are some of the favorite things that you're looking forward to experiencing again this year? Um, I think every year when I go, Chris, it's, it's literally about walking through the gates, going inside, and the difference in feeling that you have once you do that. Um, there's going to be great golf. Tomorrow's a practice day, obviously. Par 3 contest is going on, which is completely bananas and nuts. Um, but for me, just walking in, and I'm going to take Matt and my wife, Ava, who's with us also. Um, we're just going to go straight to number 10 to the T and we're going to walk down to Amen Corner and uh, the, for lack of a better way to put it, the spirituality of Augusta National is what takes over and everything else becomes kind of secondary. It's fun, it's exciting, there's obviously, I don't know what it'll be tomorrow, probably 35,000 people on the golf course uh, but it's just the feeling you have when you're there and for me, and you know being a Hickory player and the history of the whole place and everything else, every year I go and I stand in front of Bobby Jones' cabin for about 10 minutes. And I just stand there. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, it's enough for me. It lasts me a year, and I pretty much take it with me. And I think Matt will – I really – I know my first time what I felt, and I know my brother well enough to know that I think he's about to be overwhelmed. And as much as he thinks he knows what's going to happen, I don't think he does. And I can't wait for that. So have you prepared him? Because you talk about going over to the first team and walking down to Amen Corner, right? So the, the elevation drop from the from the 10th tee to the 10th green is the same height that the Statue of Liberty is. And I tell you what, you know, we, my son and I were there on Monday, and we went up and down that thing about four or five times, and I can barely walk today. So have you got have you got Matt all all, all uh, ready to go with what that's going to feel like? Well, well, I have only because I've said, and I remember um, the great Jim Huber, the late great Jim Huber, who's a great friend of both Matthew and mine. And <clears throat> um, excuse me, I have to say that um, to Jim always used to say that he didn't care how good the TVs got and how technically proficient. But until you're there, you have no idea what the golf course is about. And so I think I've prepared Matt. Ava's been there. She knows what it's about. Uh, but the, the elevation change, I think, is the most stunning revelation for people who've never been. Now, Chris, here's, here's the thing. Mitchell has told me, as other people, about the elevation change and all that. Well, 
since I'm a huge star, you know, but, uh, I could go through all my roles that I played and all that. But I decided that it would be really cool if I had four guys carry kind of Cleopatra-like all along the golf course. So I didn't act because I have kind of a bad hip. So I just thought that's the way I'm going to do it. <laughs> Good for you, Excuse man. me, it's been nice you talking to you. I believe now. Now, Matthew, I know one of your recent guests on your show warned you about this, and I hope you took it to heart. But when you go inside the gift shop, which is newly renovated this year, it's triple the size that it used yeah. to be, and they've added you know triple amount of stuff that you can buy. So when you when you first walk in, they're going to hand you a huge shopping bag. And I only intended yeah. to spend about $300. And I would tell you how much I really spent, but my wife might be listening to this show. And if she heard, you probably <laughs> wouldn't hear from me again until I recovered. So I hope you, I hope you took what, you, what your guest told you. Take cash, leave the credit cards in the, in the hotel. Well, here's how I'm um, attacking this. I used to be a big gambler. And when I would go to Vegas, I would have, say, $200 in cash and no credit cards. And, and if, if the, the 200, 200 was gone, gone I was done. So what I've done, done this time, because I have a 14 and an 11-year-old, I don't have very much money anymore. I have $30 with me. And once that's gone, I'm, I'm done. I mean, that's the way it's got to be. <laughs> Good Bag of teas. strategy, man. Bag of teas. Bag of teas and a ball mark, and I'm done. That'll be it. <laughs> So, so Mitch, looking at this year's tournament field, which is the smallest since 1998, I, I got to get your thoughts. Wh which four guys are you expecting to be in the final two groups come Sunday? Well, I'll pick a couple off the top. Um, I really like uh, I like DJ for obvious reasons, uh, and I like Justin for obvious reasons. You could give me ten, and I could two, and there's a chance they'll be there. But um, my two dark horses this year are Cooch and Matsuyama. Is that right? Yeah. Tell me why. Um, I, Cooch, for obvious reasons, too. He always plays well at Augusta. Uh, he's playing great. You know, to me, this is about form coming in in a lot of ways for these guys. Uh, the thing that makes it so exciting this year is that there's a bunch of guys who are really playing well. Um, so I don't, I don't think, like I said, if you pick 10 and threw them up in the air, there's a good chance that any one of them could win. Um, but in terms of just guys that nobody's really talking about, Kucher's got a great history there and playing well. And for some reason, I'm just a big Matsuyama fan. I, I keep going back to him at majors and he's been close, but at some point, and I'm going to keep picking him until he does. But at some point, uh, he's got all the, the necessary tools to really play this golf course well, to me. What about you, Matt? I know you're picking Alex Noren as your uh, as your guy this week. Are, are you sticking with him, and who are the other three you think could be there? Well, about a month ago, I said Alex Noren, uh, and I, he's still there. Uh, my first pick, though, is Justin Rose. Uh, my second pick would be Jordan Spieth, and my third pick would be Alex Noren. Uh, and that's, I'm just going with those three because they're going to finish one, two, three. 
I don't need to go any deeper than that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I placed a great deal of money with uh, a bookie in London on those three very people, and I got great odds. By Wait, the way, did you too. spend thirty dollars on that bet? <laughs> no, I only have I only have thirty dollars because I bet so much money on these oh. three guys. Wise guy. <laughs> so. So, Mitch, you you played golf on on some great courses, and you've had some great experiences. What are your favorite? What's your favorite golf experience, and what's still left on your bucket list? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I I could never begin to say my favorite experience on a golf course. I really couldn't. Uh, I've been lucky in in that I've gotten to play so many great places. Um, I could I could go through that list, but then your listeners would get annoyed and. So I won't do that. Uh, bucket list stuff, though, uh, definitely Australia and New Zealand. Um, that's probably right now, if I had one place to go, that's where it would be. Um, and and that, that one's going to remain until I get there. I've been incredibly lucky to go a bunch of times to Scotland and Ireland. And, you know, I've played different places in the States. But the, as far as the bucket list thing, it would be Australia and New Zealand right now. By the way, what Chris, about you, Matt? If you haven't seen if you haven't seen the picture of my brother standing on the bridge at Swilcombe Bridge at St Andrews in a kilt, you have a kilt. Yes, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, for me, my favorite golf experience. Uh, has, there's actually two of them, and they're both overseas. Valley Bunyan and Royal Birkdale, I would say, are one and two. And then after that, like Mitchie said, we've been incredibly blessed with the places that we've played. And I would say Pebble, Cypress Point, uh, the Monterey Peninsula would be a pretty close third to uh, Valley Bunyan and Royal Birkdale. So what's left on your bucket list? Uh, well, there's a place called Kearney Hill that's like about 10 miles from my house that I haven't gotten to yet and it's really a cool course. So I'm gonna accept uh, every weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that's every, your home golf every course. weekend. <laughs> um I don't know, you know, I I bucket list that there are still obviously so many places that I would love to play that I've never had the chance to play. I don't know if I could pick one uh for a bucket list item because like I said, I've been so lucky to have played all the great golf courses that I've played. And I'm just, at my age, I'm grateful to be able to take the club back and hit the ball with whatever course I'm on. So <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> all right, guys, just a c couple more before we let you go. So let's get back to talking about the Masters. Mitch Mitchell, do you have a favorite Masters memory? What was your favorite tournament? Um. Boy, that's a tough one too, Chris. You're asking a bunch of them because I, I think every year there's something about the story of the Masters that that kind of gets you. I don't know how you could. I mean, obviously Tiger's first, uh, Jack in '86. Um, I, I mean, all of them. I don't know how you. I don't know how you pick one. I really don't. Uh, I would have to say story-wise, not in terms of impact like Tiger's was, or but I think Jack in 86 was, was probably, if I had to pick one, it would be that one. I don't think there was any. How about you, Matt? <laughs> I would say my two favorite are Tiger's first win in 97 
uh, time, every Father's Day, I put a picture on Facebook of Tiger hugging Earl. That's the greatest father-son picture. And then after that, I would say Ben Crenshaw, uh, right after Harvey Penick passed away. And that shot of him on 18 where he just doubled over with his head in his hands. Um, but like Mitch said, every how about Sergio last year? I mean, every single one of these has an amazing story. Um, not always about the winner either. And that's why, you know, it's the first one. It's springtime. It's Augusta National, but the Masters has its own, obviously, its own special place in all of golf every year. And Matt, your uh, your new hometown, Lexington, has a tour stop this year. Remind our listeners about the Barbasol Championship, which we played up yeah. there in July. Yes, uh, July 16th to the 22nd, uh, and I can't wait. We're going to be doing a whole week's of sh- worth of shows there. Uh, and it's the same week as the Open Championship. Uh, but last year, the guys that didn't go to the Open that played in this tournament were guys like Davis Love and Angel Cabrera and Jim Furyk. And it always has a great field. And it's right in Lexington at, at Keen Trace, which is a fantastic golf course. They've, everybody's already getting ready for it. We're getting volunteers. The PGA has been in for a couple months already, redoing the course. Uh, so it's going to be fantastic. It's a PGA event, and it's the golf course is literally three miles from my house. So it's going to be great. And what can I look forward to hearing uh, this coming Sunday on Backspin Golf? You can look forward to a live broadcast at 8.03 Sunday morning with Perry French talking about my experiences at Augusta National tomorrow. That's what you can look forward to. (laughs) Mitch, what about on your show, Talking Golf Getaways? What do you guys got coming up? Uh, Well, for us, uh, Chris, milestone. Um, This week for episodes 98 and 99 that just came up right now, we had Scott Michaud, who writes for the Augusta Chronicle and um, fantastic, fantastic guy with obviously great stories. It's been there a long time. So Masters Week this week, and then next week at the beginning of the week is our historic, for Darren and me, um, our 100th episode of Talking Golf Getaways. And uh, we were lucky enough to have the great Matt Janella join us for 100 and 101. And uh, all I can say is I've known Matt for quite a while. And he spent an hour, we did two shows, and he spent an hour each time with us. And they are worthy of the 100th episode. It's really, we've done a lot of great shows, but these episodes with Matt Janella about just golf and travel and a really, really deep discussion of what golf is all about for him and for us, and hopefully for the listeners, uh, pretty special as far as we're concerned. Well, fellas, thank you so much for coming back and uh, taking time out of your Masters Eve night to uh, to join me here on the show. It's always a, a lot of fun getting to speak to both of you. Um, I can't thank you enough for the time, and uh, I hope, Matt, I hope tomorrow exceeds everything that you've imagined about it because it, it does every time I've ever been on property. I'm, I'm sure it will, Chris, and anytime, you know that, anytime, I'm good. I don't know about my brother, but. Anytime you need me, I'm here. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm good too, Chris. We'll uh, we'll carry you around with us tomorrow. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, please. Pictures of uh, whoever it is that is carrying Matt down the tenth fairway. I would love. Yeah, that. see, I meant I meant carry you figuratively. My brother is a little literal when it comes to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, take care. Right. Have a good time. I'll catch up with you guys soon. All right. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. See you guys. That is the great Matthew and Mitchell Lawrence. And again, Matthew's show is called Backspin Golf, and you can find it on uh, WLXG.com if you want to stream it. He's uh, from Lexington, Kentucky is where the show comes, ESPN Radio uh, 1300. And uh, on the WLXG app, download that on your smartphone. You can stream it there. Mitchell's show, again, is Talking Golf Getaways. You can find it on GolfNewsNet.com and over on Audioboom. All right, folks, before we close up shop, we always like to, you know, remind you about our friend and PGA Tour Pro Jim Estes and, the, you know, all the great things that they are doing at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear about it from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S., If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating, or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, folks, they continue to do such amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. To find out more information and how you can get involved, go online to smga.org. All right, folks, it's time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again to Mr. Ben Wright, plus Mitchell and Matthew Lawrence for joining me tonight. I hope you all enjoyed the show. I had a blast, and uh, it's been a great week, Masters Week again, always my favorite time of the year. Please give us uh, your thoughts by going online to our Facebook page, Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback there. Plus, again, if you have a question for one of our future guests, let me know, or someone who's already been on the show, I'll be glad to either get that question answered for you on the air or get it over to them and get that answer back to you. You can see who some of our future guests are going to be by going online to our website, nextonthetee.net. Please also check out our sister show on the football side, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host Bob Lazari, our announcer Joe LaGianusa. That show airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live on Blog Talk Radio. That show like this one also available as a free podcast over on iHeartRadio and Podbean. Can't thank our good friends on Podbean enough for featuring both shows. Right there on their mobile app, it uh, means a great deal to us. They're fantastic, and like if you love podcasts. Across all genres, not just sports or golf or football, they've got some great ones over there. Check them out online at podbean.com or download the Podbean app. On our show Thursday Night Tailgate, we are joined every week by five NFL legends sharing their stories from their playing days, plus giving us their insights into what's going on around the NFL now. Plus, we also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. Again, you can find that show online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com, and this show 
nextonthetea.net. Folks, thank you so much again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We really appreciate the fact that you are making Next on the T one of the podcasts or one of the shows that you are spending your time listening to. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.